everyone, welcome to the SBK Betting Podcast. And as we reach the end of the jump season, we have Sandown and Finals Day, Championship Final Day. I think we'll be seeing more human than equine champions and such, although I think there are a few of the stars of this national hunt season going to be parading. But we do have a day of, of racing at Sandown. I can't tell you if it's huge on quality it's uh it's down on numbers but we will be looking at it and i know that there's one person on this podcast ross miller who's slightly in mourning because it is the end of the jump season ross but it's also a bit of a flat way to end so hopefully we'll try and lift spirits and find some winners in there but in terms of the lineup it's just really disappointing isn't it yeah we're going out with a bit of a whimper aren't we really um it, it does does feel like from sort of uh, entry onwards the jumps has just sort of fallen away a little bit um obviously one big story is brian hughes getting his 200 which is is very very well deserved doesn't get the plaudits he he, he should get mm-hmm. so uh, hopefully he's got a couple of rides at sandown be nice if he could finish with a finish with a winner yeah i think he's it's great really great that he's down there obviously he has to be he's going to get a crown to rapture applause along with paul nichols be crown champion trainer as well but yeah you're right end of a long long season we've got plenty of racing too much uh, many have said on uh, various social media outlets and this is this is what happens but we do have also we have good ground and a lot of horses have been saved for this meeting so uh, perhaps uh, it will be a good opportunity for them but we'll get into it um tom collins alongside as well um we've let uh, james millman off just for this week he'll be back for for, his, for the good stuff, for the flat stuff, in due course. But Sandown is where we're looking at uh, today. And we're going to start with the 150, which is the Novices Championship final handicap hurdle. And an emphasis on the handicap because um, a lot of these novices come into it with quite an intriguing looking mark. We've got two miles uh, to run over as well. And Napa's Hill for Paul Nichols and Harry uh, uh, Cobden is three to one favourite, heading the market. Headlaw. For the uh, John Joe O'Neill team, it's 11 to 2. Wizkid, 6 to 1. Dr. Parnassus, 7s. 8 Boom Balm. Dibble Decker, 10 to 1. 11 to 1 for Alto, Alto, and bigger the rest. Um, quite a good, uh, from a betting perspective, a betting heat for us because it's quite open as it stands with SBK. Um, and Ross, I'll head to you first. You know, looking at these novices and what they've achieved this season, I think that there are a couple in here that might come with quite a handy mark how what did you think about it i think you're right i think it's probably the most arguably most competitive race of the day and probably the most interesting in some ways um napper's hill is a horse i've been really interested in all season um and, and none more so than when he was fifth in the bet fair where i don't think he got the optimum ride i followed him in next time and he was disappointing he got back on track last time at newton abbott that was in a class four does get to run off the same mark here which is which is handy um and although his best form has been on good ground, I'm just not convinced that he's winning because of the good ground. I would just slightly question whether he's going to want quick ground round sand and over two miles. I sort of had him stepping up a bit more. And at the price, I'd overlook him. As I would head law, he's been pretty prolific, but he's now £10 higher up into a class two from a class four as well. So I could find reason to look past the, the two at the head of the market, though I do respect Napa's Hill and think he will be a nice horse in time and probably better than a mark of 134. The one I came down on was the Dan Skelton Boom Born. Um, the only time this horse disappointed was on soft ground at Doncaster. Um, he's by Dylan Thomas, um, a hoist in your proof pretty emphatically at uh, Aintree that they do like. 
good ground, these Dylan Thomases. Um, and I think he's got some really nice form. He was third twice in Newbury Novices, six length behind Silent Revolution, who won last weekend at, at Chepstow, is yet to get a mark, but I think it's going to be in the mid-130s. Um, he was nine lengths behind John Bomber. We know what he's done. Three lengths behind Good Risk at all at Newbury. Um, and then his two wins, he beat Parliament Hill, who's 117. Well, he absolutely thrashed him 13 lengths quite comfortably, giving him three pounds. Um, runs off a low mark here of 121. I think he could be much, much better than that. Um, Jack Andrews takes five pound off. It's his first season riding as a conditional, but he has got mm. stacks and stacks of uh, experience riding in, in point to points. And he he's from, a, you know, uh, the, the Gina Andrews, Bridget Andrews family. He would have been schooling point. Well, I saw him schooling point to point when he was 13. So, you know, he's got stacks of experience for five pound. Um, she's running off what 100 and 116 effectively. Mm. He's definitely better than that. And I think he's one of the few in this that I think the quicker the ground got, the better his chance. Um, I thought he was quite a big price, possibly because Scouten's run another one. Um, so, yeah, I, I liked him. I thought he was interesting. Yeah, eight to one for Boonborn, as you say. Jack Andrews taking another helpful five pounds off. A great opportunity for him. And talked about uh, the, the marks, whatever. And I look from, based on the conditions of this race, after April 16th, each hurdle what winner gets has another seven pounds so Napa's Hill actually carries extra weight than uh, a horse like Dr Parnassus who's actually rated higher than him uh, by a couple of pounds so Dr Parnassus is on 11.6 but because of Napa's Hill recent win which was actually on the 16th of April he's got 11.2 so uh, he's kind of wrong at the weights a little bit there so that put me off Napa's Hill but um, in a, an interesting look at it from Ross with Boomborn who has quite a nice uh, handicap mark coming into it tom did you look around that to find something that was sort of better at the weights than those head of the market yeah exactly that um napa's hill i'm wary that he's going to justify favoritism because he is the class act in this field he has a grade two bumper winner we shouldn't forget that and paul nichols often dominates this card but as you say he's wrong at the weights um technically given his recent win so that's just enough to put me off at the prices i wanted to find one at a big price this is a good punting race as you've already mentioned and the one at a big price i'm interested in is alto alto for chris gordon Chris's horses are flying right now. He's had five winners from his last nine runners. I don't know whether it's the good ground or he's just got his horses right for the spring, but um, they literally can't do anything wrong at the moment. And Alto Alto was a really impressive winner last time out of Plumpton. He powered up the hill. I was very impressed with how he finished off his race. He beat a Gary Moore trained horse called Saligo Bay. who was pretty smart on the flat, actually, for Roger Charlton. And has now been, uh, he's won his subsequent start and is now rated 109. Because he's rated 109, it looks very lenient. The handicap has given Alto Alto 110. Given Alto Alto gave him eight pounds and a hefty beating that day at Plumpton. Now he's going to be about 12 to one, I think. Um, good ground's absolutely perfect. I think he'll improve for a big field as well because he's a strong traveller who stays this trick nicely. So Alto Alto at the prices for me, Jess. Okay, 11 to one featherweight, 10-2 with Adam Wedge. Can't imagine he does a lot lighter than that, but that's. Uh... Alto Alto, as you say, Chris Gordon is operating at a sensational strike rate. Um, I think he he plumped in the other day. He had a he had at least three winners, maybe it was four, and Orkin Risk was a winner of the, the the Sussex champion hurdle. A friend of this podcast is Chris Gordon. Um, so good luck to Alto Alto. I'm gonna take Roth on with the skeleton selection um, and pick Dr. Parnassus. Um, he's the sort of least exposed 
essentially of the field, if anything. But I think it's just quite simple, guys. He's got the best form in the book. The run behind Warban at Cheltenham in the grade one triumph hurdle was very, very good. He was 25 to one that day. He was much further back than he probably, they, Harry Skelton probably wanted to. And then he just ran on again. Um, he's still a little bit green and running on, but the form of that race, you know, you've got Warban, you've got Pied Piper, and we know what he did at Aintree next time. Um, and I just think that grade one form coming into a race like this, getting weight off a horse like Napa's Hill, even though he's better at higher rated than him, um, it, it, that look, it just looks quite nice to me. And he's also, he's also a good price as it stands. He's not that much shorter than um, his... Uh, his stable mate, Boomborn, he's seven to one. So I like Dr. Parnassus. I think he's got a really good chance and what we have all said is a, is a good betting rate um, compared to some of the other events that we're going to look at next. So uh, TC's gone for Alto Alto. I'm Dr. Parnassus and Boomborn for Ross. Um, hopefully that gets off to us off to quite a good start. Um, as we're going to go to the Oaksy Chase next, the grade two, uh, over two miles, six and a half furlongs. And... Disappointing. We've got four runners. Mr. Fisher, a six to four favourite, um, and that says everything because Mr. Fisher has didn't complete his last race and hasn't has been very hit and miss all season. St. Calvados is fifteen to eight. He's had another in and out season. Earn River comes off the back of a disappointing run as five to one and um, nuts well as well seven to one. So that's the shape of the race, Tom. We've moved literally moved from a good punting heat to arguably the worst betting heat I've ever seen, Jess. Um, I'm, I'm going to have you having no bet in this, and it's very rare that I'll come on a podcast. Um, you know, when we're covering jumps racing, flat racing, no matter what we're covering, foreign European racing, American racing, and not have a selection. Yeah, look, I don't blame you, TC. It's woeful, really, and it's disappointing for a race where they're you know putting up decent enough prize money at 80 grand and it is a great two what does this really reflect about this type of of our of the the british contingent of, of kind of horses that this is intermediate trip ross what are you two on about mr fisher three-time grade two winner saint calvados runner-up in the king george no i'm i'm completely with you it, it it's it's woeful isn't it um I'm more scared of the bosses and TC, obviously. So I did, I did find a selection, but I completely agree with his sentiments that it's, it's not one to get excited about. And I certainly won't be having a bet in it. Burn River is an interesting horse, but I think he wants softer ground than this. And he did have a horrible fall last time. Um, quick ground, trying to get your jumping back. Probably the last place you want to go is Sandown, I would have thought. But um, I suppose they've looked at it and thought it would cut up and they can pinch some prize money, maybe. Nutswell is interesting in that, you know, he has shown glimpses of talent, but he was well beaten last time. St. Calvados bled in the Ascot chase. He hung left badly at entry last time. That suggests to me that something's still not quite, quite right. And he finished tamely. Um, he does get £6 from Mr. Fisher, but, I mean, you're, you're scratching there. But Mr. Fisher... For all that we throw a lot of stones at him, he's running four grade twos. He's won three of them, and he was second beaten the neck by Frodon last year. Um, he is just a grade two specialist. As soon as he steps up into grade one, for whatever reason, his form absolutely falls apart. Now, whether it's that they go a gear quicker and his jumping, which can be a bit fragile, just can't pass the test, that would be my best mm -hmm. guess. But never really would you see a horse that has, you know, solid form in grade twos absolutely lose it in a grade one i mean he doesn't run to anywhere near his mark at any point in a grade one so from that point of view he likes good ground um you know he's he's won those grade twos this is a grade two he was next second last year he'd be the selection but i think you'd find better bets 
betting on raindrops down windows tomorrow, to be honest. Um, it's a race to, to watch from around the corner of a door while you're making your cup of tea, I think. Yeah, I've, I think we've covered it for long enough, to be honest. Um, they've all got real question marks. A lot of all four of them can't jump um, uh, good and well enough to be confident that they're going to even all get around. Like, I, I like to hope so. I think Ern River was a bit of an uncharacteristic fall last time where he's kind of fancied at Aintree. They're all coming out of Aintree as well, which wasn't that long ago, and they all had bad races there. <laughs> so that's that my selection I'm just really if you had to put a gun to my head would be nuts well just because I think he's the a horse that wants it the most out of all four of them and Anne and Ian Hamilton with Brian Hughes this Brian Hughes on board is, is nice he's won on him before and that's about it but very 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 tentative um, and I think we've done enough of it so I'm going to head into the celebration chase at three o'clock which Again, isn't got a huge amount to shout about. Um, sadly, no Shishkin. Um, he was going to go here, but we know what's what's happened to him. He's got his very unusual um, uh, injury issues. So we've got Nube Negra, who is an interesting contender and does add shape to this race because he comes here after a long break. Um, he, he needs to be freshened up to be at his best, according to the skeletons. And uh, he comes to a track which he's, uh, he's, he's essentially ran very disappointingly last time in the Tingle Creek, but he is 13 to eight favorite. He needs to reverse the form with Grenatine, um, who's seven to four favorite, won the slip race last year. So Royale, seven to two, Rougevith, 20 to one, Sky Pirate, 25 to one. Ross, um, So Royale was a horse that you fancied going into entry last year. Were you disappointed with him? Uh, no, I, th I thought he, I, I was glad for the drift. Um, I thought he ran a solid race really up in trip, probably didn't quite stay, did he? But He's just an admiral horse. He he runs his race. I'm a bit concerned that I think he's better with time in between his races, and he did fall short in this last year. So reluctantly, I've overlooked him because I I I do love the little horse. Um, I think it's between last year's winner Grenatine and and Nube Negra. Um, Grenatine seems to have his best form at this course. Um, Nube Negra has his best form when fresh, and he's going to be very fresh. There might be a slight concern that you know he would have been got ready for Cheltenham and then you've got the complication mm. of sort of letting him down a bit and then and then picking him back up um but I, I just thought he had the stat the standout piece of form he'll love the quick ground um I could see Rouge Viff and Sky Pirate taking them along at a, at a decent gallop because they'll both want to make it a a test of stamina um and I think if he can just get a nice toe round um as he did in the Schlur chase, really a, a very similar assessment to that race. I think he's the, the, the quickest horse in the race. I think if he can stay on their coattails uh, turning in, provided Harry Skelton can remember to be patient, where the finishing post is, is up that big stiff hill, don't go too soon. Um, I, I think he's the best horse in the race, and I think I think he'll win it. It's a good point you made about um, the champion chase, which he was ready for, and the ground went against, so they took him out. And with Brave Man's game, we've had this... Uh, one of the excuses being that after Aintree that he was so spot on for Cheltenham that it actually left a mark at Aintree, <laughs> which uh, you could take that or leave it. What, what did you thought, think of TC of Nube Negro getting prepped for a race like Cheltenham, that not working out and coming to this? They, they, still, they still have him fresh, which is what they want him to be, but is there an element that he could have just been spot on for, for Cheltenham, not for here? Yeah, he might be over the top, but Dan Skelton is a very good trainer when, when he gets his horses fresh. Um, I say when he gets, because he doesn't always try and do it, um, as we've covered on this podcast before. But I like when he plots a horse at a race, which he's clearly done with Nube Negra. And I, like I like Ross, think this is going to be a match race. 
uh, between the two at the top of the market. However, I'm erring on the side of Grenatine. Since the inaugural running of this race in 2001, uh, there have been three multiple winners. Obviously, Altior won it numerous times. Sider Gruji took back-to-back renewals in 2013 mm. and 2014. And Senkos won it in, in 2002 and 2004. Um, Grenatine's obviously coming back after winning the race last year. I think he's going to be another multiple winner of the race. He's another that's also been targeted at this affair. And as Ross said, his best form has come at Sandown. Um, he won this last year when no one actually gave him a chance of winning. Obviously, Altior was in the race again, albeit he wasn't coming off a very good effort. Uh, he was actually being a Nube Negra by Nube Negra before on his prior start. Put the kettle on, was in the race last year. So Royale was in the race last year and Grenatine still won. Uh, that was his first grade one success. He then went on to win the Tingle Creek over this course and distance in December. He clearly loves Sandown, sh- uh, trip short of two miles as well. Absolutely perfect for him. I think he's primed for this race again. I think he's the best bet on the day. He's, he's a reasonably short price. I'm a bit wary of Nube Negra, but I just think Grenatine's better at this track. Yeah, look, Grenatine, interesting. I went was lucky enough to go down to Ditcher and I saw this horse that had this very um, quite quite obscure eye shield on, um, on him, and that was uh, following eye surgery he had after um, an issue that he picked up, an infection of sort when coming back from Leopardstown. Um, so he went through that. They were very, they were pretty happy with it. They, um, Paul Nichols wasn't too worried about it at all, but the whole Leopardstown trip was a complete disaster. Um, and I don't think it was Briny at her best either. Um, and as they said, they just put a line through it and they got him ready, absolute tip top for this. And I, as all the points that Tom's made that he loves it around Sandown. Graham will be all right for him. Uh, Paul Nichols has been eyeing up this race for a long time and his, his form speaks for itself from that Tingle Creek win. Um, so I, I'm going to side with Grenatine here um, in a in a what I agree is is, is likely going to be one or, or two Nube Negra um, just at the prices. I'd, I'd take Grenatine seven to four currently, but I can imagine him coming into that um, closer to the day um right we'll head on to what caused so much drama last year and was absolutely fascinating still is to rewatch it watching it back as i did yesterday i couldn't believe what fell out of the uh the stand on gold cup handicap chase run over three mile five furlongs this is it's a great race and it has been through the years but last year Ross, well, we can we can discuss it because we've got a lot of the horses that finished up in those placings and then reversed it as well, re-opposing. But first past the post officially in Rillo was disqualified, placed third as he had hung left. Hampering Kitty's light, he came past the post officially in third. He was given second, but sandwiched in between, but avoiding the carnage was Potterman, who was awarded the race. It was all an absolute mess, but arguably Kitty's light should have been the winner. And he's just had some, such a fantastic season as a five-year-old. The case that he just sort of deserves this win. And I know that you're a massive fan of Christian Williams, who's got three darts at this race. So surely you've got one of them. Uh, no, I don't, I, I, don't, I don't think so. I mean, Kitty's Light is a wonderful, wonderful little horse. Um, and brilliantly bought. I mean, they brought him as a yearling. He's flatbred by Nathaniel. I think Christian might well find himself in five... 10 years time as a trendsetter because I think Nathaniel's going to get plenty of national hunt horses but he's climbing the weights he's six pound higher than when placed last year um, which sounds weird to say because Potterman ran a great race last year but he was the one horse who, who, who had no legitimate claim of winning he finished where he finished but anyway six pound higher for his run last year I think that can just find him out 
And really, if we if we cover last year's protagonist, he's a pound higher than last year. And unlike last year, where he came into the to the uh, race on a win, he was fourth at Kempton. Uh, he gets a seven pound pull with Kitty's light, but he was he was beating eight lengths. So strictly, he's not going to turn the form around. Um, win my wings. I am very very confident that fourteen pound doesn't stop her. If you had fourteen pound at air, she would have still won. I'm I'm very confident of that. I am concerned about a three-week turnaround. They gave her plenty of time between her last two races. She looks to me like quite a light-framed mare. And I, I know she won very easily last time, but you just don't gallop for four and a bit miles and not take a bit out yourself. So reluctantly at the price, I've passed her by because for obvious reasons, she's becoming a bit of a favourite. Um, musical Slave is interesting. Um, the two I came down on were Street Stoyen and Domaine Deal. Um, Domaine Deal um, unseated at the chair. Um, when happily three of my national selections departed but I was I was he was pleasing me at the time he was much further forward than I thought he might be I was worried he might get a bit far back but he wasn't he was he was bang there managed to find the carnage in the middle of it all um, I think he's interesting four pound lower than when winning on good ground at Cheltenham this time last year over three mile two I think he definitely stays um, but the one I've come down on more because I'm just a bit defiant and I've tipped him for the Irish national and the Scottish national at big prices is Streets of Doyen. He hasn't yet taken up an engagement. I hope that's through choice and not sort of having niggly problems. Um, he perhaps isn't the most fluent jumper, but I just mm -hmm. can't get away from the fact that he's very nicely handicapped off 139. Um, I think he'll certainly stay this trip three mile five. I'd be even more confident of that than I was that he'd stay the four miles in the Scottish national. Um, he was third in the Albert Bartlett last year. Um, shows a bit of class. He had absolutely no chance in the in the Brown Advisory. I, we've covered that before. He must, they must, the connections must be the only people that thought he had a chance if they indeed thought he did. I think he's a decent price. And with questions above all of those above him in the market, um, I'll, I'll stick with him, um, although I might have a saver on domain deal. But I, I do think Street Story is interesting if he can put a round of jumping together. And he has got, I think it's Brian Hughes, isn't it? Uh, Brian no, Brian Hayes. Hayes. Brian Hayes. So, you know, hopefully... Hopefully, um, I, I'll, I'll land on him this time and he will actually give me a run for my money this time. That was going to be my question to you when I saw that I knew that you were putting up the streets of Doyle. And I was concerned about his jumping because he is a horse where he puts it all together, is clearly talented. But there's also a big REF at Cheltenham where he refused um, throughout as well, where he's clearly, I don't know if he's feeling something, he's not enjoying it. And Sandown is a stiff test of jumping as well. I think I'll know my fate early, won't I? If he if he jumps mm. down the back and gets into a rhythm, then I then I think I've I've, I've got a fighting chance. But uh, I could well be um, bleating in the group chat after three fences. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's 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 not a confident selection, but it's a a selection more like I say of defiance that having put him up twice, I'd be loath not to put him up this time and and see him go well. Yeah, I'd like to see Brian Hayes at his best as well. Um, a 16 to 1, that's a reflection on, on slight concerns about there. But John McConnell is always worth respecting when he brings over his horses um, in handicaps as well. Um, interesting your thoughts about Win My Wings, because, you know, she does a Rob James back and forth that sort of negates another £7, which must be a benefit. Yeah, so the £7 that she had off last time, she has off again. So it is just a... A straight matter of just the stone the handicapper the handicapper gave her i mean i i thought that was a, a bit of a hefty rise but then when i put that on twitter people said yeah but she would have won with another stone on her back um mm. and it comes down to is the handicapper's job to 
to stop them from winning too many in a row. And I sometimes feel that's sort of the slight the swipe he takes and that he feels that Christian's maybe duped him a little bit to, to get two big pots and he's not going to let him get a third one. Um, like I said, if, if, if she had time between the races, I, I still think she's on a winning mark over these trips, provided she had the seven pound taken off, which she does. But just the, the, the quick turnaround concerns me with her. Yeah, just we can't we can't disregard any Christian Williams horses, can we? Tom, um, how did you look look at it? We obviously haven't even mentioned Captain Orr for Christian Williams, who uh, was um, that that brilliant winner um, at Kempton beating Kitty's Light, but disappointed at at Aintree. Um, I don't know what went wrong because he was quite fancied that day, but I suppose you you you, you just can't disregard him considering he's coming into this with a with a nice with the same mark um, that he did at Aintree, um, but. Outside of that, there are there are definitely horses that have had this 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 target long in their mind by their trainers. Yeah, exactly. Uh, firstly, I want to echo what you guys said about last year's renewal. Uh, Potterman was the third best horse in the race. He won. Uh, he's running off two pounds higher this year. I don't I don't think he'll confirm the form with either Kitty's Light or Emrillo. Kitty's Light looks the number one for Christian Williams. We've already talked about Christian in, in great depth. He's won so many of the big staying handicap chases this year i also saw on twitter i think two days ago he said if he wins this race he'll lead the winner in wearing just lycra which will be very interesting um i don't know if that's going to happen but uh i mean itv will get more viewers i think um look i, I am scared of kitty's light but he as ross said he is six pound higher than 12 months ago he's had a tough season um i don't know i just can't back him at the prices i said earlier that the handicap hurdle on this card was the best punting here and that's because i think the market's got this right um, I'm actually going to side with him, Rillo, despite the fact that he's favourite and has to reverse the form of Kitty's light. Um, I, I thought last year, Rillo was actually the best horse in the race. I know that Kitty's light took everyone's eye. He stormed up the hill, probably would have won the race, but Rillo travelled the best throughout. He jumped really well, apart from a perler of mistake two out. That would have stopped any horse's momentum, but he actually refound his stride. Um, and it was only for hanging left uh, up the hill that he, he lost the race. Now, I think if he ran in a straight line, he might have actually held off Kitty's light. Um, obviously that's subjective we don't we don't actually know um, what would have happened there but Irrello's clearly been targeted at this race I really like a fresh horse going into this meeting and Paul Nichols tends to keep back those horses he thinks can win um, on this card the likes of Grenatine as we've already mentioned I'm surprised that Hitman wasn't running on this card as well actually by the way because I thought Paul would have targeted him at the Oaksley Chase but um, I think Irrello could be another winner for Paul Nichols the only negative is that three mile five furlongs does stretch his stamina which is probably why he hung left last year uh, I think Harry Cobden will get him into a good rhythm. I reckon he'll be jumping the, the last fence in front. Whether he holds on, that's a different matter. But uh, I think he's the worthy favourite. What do you make of his season so far? He's only the three runs. Perhaps they've, they've been thinking about this all along. Um, and he's had a nice break since what was a, a good effort at Kempton. Yeah, I thought it was a really good effort at Kempton. Um, especially after his first two runs this year. I actually fancied him for the Labrador Trophy. And he just... He fell early on, but he, I don't think he was going to win that race anyway. He wasn't travelling with the same kind of verve as he did in this race mm -hmm. last season. Then he pulled up at Cheltenham. That's not his course, but a line through that. Last time at Kempton, I thought that was a, a big step back in the right direction. He's just one pound higher than last year. So I think this has kind of been the aim for the last 12 months, which is what, something I love to see um, when I'm back in the horse. The only negative is the price because he's at the right price. There's, there's very little value in the 7-2, to 4-1 that's going to be on offer. Um, but I do think he's the most likely winner of the race. He's had the cheap pieces put on last time, first time out, and then is, they, they kept them on as well, which obviously will try and help him um, concentrate and not hang. Um, and Kitty's Light has also got cheap pieces on for the first time 
which is interesting. Um, he's obviously been finishing his races, but not quite enough. He's had so many seconds to his name. Um, you'll hate to hear it, but I'm taking you on with Kitty's like, because I know that you've got, I can sense a little like, if he does it, you'll be kicking yourself. I just feel like, I know he's had a tough season, but he's the kind of horse that needs everything to go wrong in front of him. He's the amount of times I've seen this horse run well, where there's been so much trouble in running, where he might have jumped a little bit awkward or or something's happened ahead of him. And um, there's a brilliant occasion when his saddle slipped back a couple of seasons ago and he still managed to win. Things have things go wrong around him and he gets some sort of rejuvenation. And I think sometimes this race can get a bit messy, um, especially horses just not able to stay up the hill. Win my wings is my big worry because I know that she can stay. Um, but as Ross has pointed out, you know, she's got she's got a lot more to find and Kitty Sight's got a good weight pull with her now. Um, and I just love this horse and I've avoided him all season, but I think that this is his moment. Um, and so, yeah, he's not the best of prices. He's five to one right now, which I'll take. Um, he might get shorter as we get to the coast of the time with the Christian Williams factor. Um, but I, I think that this is going to be his opportunity for another massive uh, Christian Williams day. I'm going to shout out for another one that's Fiddux. Um, this is a this is an interesting one. Alan King's got a great record in this race, as we know, although it was quite lucky last year. Um, but this horse was 66 to 1, where he chased home win my wings um, uh, last time in the Scottish National. Um, that was a real surprise, but I think the step up and trip really helped him. Um, he's obviously slightly back down and trip today, but I think he's a horse that um, will kind of relish this um, this kind of test. And I think he's a nice price um, for, as an each way bet. Uh, especially if you can get a few extra places. Uh, but he's 20 to 1 at the moment um, for Daryl Jacob and Alan King. Uh, if you want to find something sort of slightly outside the, the other bigger, bigger the, the more obvious horses in the market. Um, but Domaine DeLille is the other option at a nice price for Ross. He's 18 to 1. In Rillo 4s, Kitty's Light 5s. Um, and... Uh, we shall see um, how this 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 race pans out. Is always a good one with a couple of races not really coming up to scratch. I think that this one could hopefully give us a, a the competitiveness that we would like to see on the final day of the national hunt season. Right, we've come to the end of our full reviews. We've got naps and next best as we always know at this time of the season. We've got a good amount of flat racing as well, um, very throughout the country and in Ireland too. Um, I need to let you know of the offer that we've got. Same as usual, deposit £10, get £30 in free bets for new customers only. Um, and obviously with that £30, you could get on TC's nap, which is? It's Grenatine in the three o'clock at Sandown. Um, as already mentioned, I think the return to Sandown will we'll see this also much better light. He's been kept fresh. I think it's a match between the top two at the market and Grenatine is the standout uh, for me. The next best is going to be on the flat. Thank God. And I've been missed the flat. I was away last week in Turkey. Missed the old Craven meeting. Couldn't believe it. Couldn't even watch the racing. I know. And then I come back for this. Jumps meeting. Unbelievable. Um, so but great no. flat card today though at Sandown. <laughs> yes, so exactly. much. So many runners. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I am looking forward to watching that though. Um, yeah. But look, the, the next best on Saturday is on the flat. It's the 805 at Doncaster and a horse called Levitate. It's, this is a really interesting three-year-old mile and a half handicap. I think there's going to be plenty of subsequent winners from the race. The market will probably favour um, a whole lot of Moon, who uh, represents Richard Hughes and State Legend, who represents James Ferguson and has been in, in good form. Those two horses will win races. 
But I think the better handicapped horse in the race is Levitate for Mark and Charlie Johnson. He's only had three runs. He finished third and second in a couple of novice events in the autumn. Um, first time up, he, he was beaten by a horse uh, called Nation's Pride, who's actually really talented. Um, he's rated, I think, in the, in the 100s. Now, he won at Maidan recently. Um, and then he came back off a break. Finished a good third at Pontefract from the front. Jason Hart just kicked him behind too soon. He actually drew miles clear of the fourth, fifth, and sixth, um, but he was beaten by two well-handicapped runners, um, including the winner, Savvy Victory, who's got good form for Sean Woods. He's by 2014 Derby, uh, Derby winner, sorry, Australia. He's out of a Dr. Fong mare. Um, there's plenty of stamina in his pedigree. To step up to a mile and four funnels will suit. I think we're going to get a nice price. Levitate is the next best, 805 at Doncaster. Well, very convincing and compelling tape, uh, case for Levitate, who's 13 to 2. Quite like that, Tom? Yeah, I love that. Um, I think it'll probably attract some support, maybe go off around 5 to 1. But um, I, I think this race is absolutely perfect for him. And Charlie and Mark Johnson's horses tend to get overlooked when they don't win a maiden and they go straight into handicap company. Um, he's seen as obviously a trainer who you know, runs his horses very often and has these uh, you know, battle-hardened and sturdy handicappers. But he can get these first time up handicap debutant winners and I think Levitate could be one of those okay well um that's a lot to look forward to as you if everything goes wrong at Sandown we've got um uh, we've got a decent racing at Doncaster the final race of the day it's 805 um from TC thank you for that and Ross where where have you found your nap in your next best well, first of all, we need to say that TC is hoping Levitate can take his form to a new level. Um, <laughs> my, my, my nap, um, my nap, never would you think it, TC napping one over the jumps while I nap one on the flat. But I, I do really like uh, Richard Hughes' horse, Brentford Hope, in the 345 at Haydock. Uh, he has much the best form in the race, hence the fact he's top weight. Uh, but Benoit de la Sayette takes off a, a really valuable £7. He'd be looking to get his career back on track. Um, it could be that he needs slightly softer ground. And I think that's perhaps why he's as big as he is. But he ran to a mark. I've got to run to a mark well above 100 when fourth in a listed contest at uh, Windsor last summer. Um, perhaps mild concern that it's his first run and he might come on for it. But then I wonder why you would book a conditional away from your yard um, for your first run if you're, mm. if you're not thinking you're cherry ripe. So I, I think at uh, 13 to 2 years with SBK, I think that's a big price for, for, the, for the best horse in the field. Um, and then my next best is, is Boonborn in the first uh, at Sandown for all the reasons we discussed. I think he's still very well handicapped. Uh, I like Jack Andrews over hurdles. I think he's good value for £5. Um, and I think you get the skeletons off to a good start on the Saturday. Fabulous. Yeah, and Richard Hughes' horses are running well. They've been really impressed by two-year-olds first time out as well. So... Um, he comes into it in good form. So Brentford Hope, 13 to 2 for Ross's flat nap. I never thought I'd see the day. We're turning him. I know he's morning, but he's accepting his fate. Um, it was gonna it was always gonna happen. And I'm gonna add to that with another flat nap. Um, I'm going to Doncaster uh, in the 605 Spirit of the Bay. Uh, this is a filly that I, I was really like last season. Um, she went on a winning roll that that saw her win four on the bounce. Um, and she returned to the track at Kempton last month at, um, in, a, in a handicap where she did, she was probably a little bit too far back than Hector Crouch would have wanted her to be, but she ran a fine race, she only beaten half the length into fourth by, by, by Proclaimer, who was on a bit of a roll himself um, and had race fitness on his side. Um, she reappears um, off the same mark of 83, and she probably will go off shorter than what her price is at the moment, which is 
uh, 13 to 8, but I think that she's a really nice filly by Cable Bay, um, a four-year-old now, Clive Coxeem are, are running, Worcester running really well, and now she's got that race fitness on her side, I think that she could get back to winning ways. So that's my nap um, in the 6.05 at Doncaster. On Saturday, my next best will be Kitty's Light um, because I, I think it, I think it's just going to happen for him um, and he can get redemption for last year. Um, and uh, I don't think that six-pound rise is going to be too much to worry about. I think he's, I think he's improved. Um, and uh, yeah, as a six-year-old, he's, he's going to could be even better next year so look forward to, to him on Saturday um thanks to Ross thanks to TC we've got a small matter of the first classics of the season next week um the 1000 and 2000 guineas I can see I even Ross is salivating at the idea I know that he when it gets to the classics and gets to these big ones that's all that's what it's all about so and it's going to be a pretty decent 2000 guineas as well um so I look forward to having uh, the full team back with us to preview those races and hopefully uh, we'll get come into it with a bit of success from this weekend so thanks to TC thanks to Ross please make sure to like subscribe tell all your friends about the SBK betting podcast um, and that's bye for now